Welcome back, mamas, advocates, and changemakers. Thank you for joining us today. We are continuing to share difficult stories this month in honor of Infant and Pregnancy Loss Awareness Month. Today, we are grateful to Chelsea for agreeing to share with us. Chelsea is a wife, mom, and licensed professional counselor that enjoys working with moms and families in the community. She believes and understands the value of providing support and education to this population and the support systems that work with these families. She loves that this is part of Cherished Mom's mission because it was something that she needed during and after the birth of her son. Chelsea is proud to serve on Cherished Mom's board of directors to help provide the care and support that moms and families in our community so desperately need. Please be aware that we do discuss pregnancy loss in this episode and know and understand that it is okay to sit this one out if necessary. We want our mamas, advocates, and supporters to be able to listen from a safe space. We do not share these stories to upset or trigger anyone, but to raise awareness of the realities that occur in hopes to inspire change. If this episode or any episode we produce triggers or emotions for you, please find someone you trust to talk to and seek help if you need it. It is more than okay. This CareCast is a program of Cherished Mom, a nonprofit dedicated to educating and supporting moms and families surrounding maternal mental health. Again, we appreciate you joining us today. Let's get to today's episode. All right, welcome back to another episode of the We See You Mama Care Cast. We're very honored and excited today to have Chelsea Taylor, who is actually one of our board members with Cherished Mom, and we're so thrilled to talk with her about uh, what she does for our community and uh, especially with this month being Infant and Pregnancy Loss Awareness Month. And today we're talking on the 15th. I know this episode is not releasing on the 15th, but uh, today is actually uh, Infant and Pregnancy Loss Awareness Day. Um, So welcome, Chelsea. Thank you, glad to be here. Um, So tell us a little bit about what this month and this particular day means to you? So um, this is, and I'll apologize if I get a little emotional. Um, so this this month means a lot to me because I myself have experienced a loss. Um, actually, we just had the the three year or t- three year. Yeah, I'm sorry the three-year anniversary of the loss of my my first uh, pregnancy, it was on Sunday. Um, So this this month definitely means a lot to me in that aspect. Um, And as well, because I'm a mental health counselor um, in Greenville. And so I serve a lot of mamas that have also experienced a loss, whether through miscarriage or um, or through, uh, you know, pregnancy, um, or infant loss. So it means a lot to me in different, different aspects. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get to, to share my story with you and, and talk to you about it. So. Yeah. And I think it's okay to get emotional. Absolutely. I didn't realize that three years was, um, just a few days ago. Yeah. So what a day to be sharing it on. I'm, I just can't imagine how many feelings it 
brings up and emotions um, every year during October, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to, we'll start with your story. I was going to start backwards today, but we're, you know, we're already talking about it. So let's just dive right in and tell us about your journey there and, you know, the feelings you had and how, how providers treated that and the resources that you, you sought. Sure. Um, so I guess it's, would probably be informative to share that I have a PCOS polycystic ovarian syndrome, and I also have endometriosis. So kind of a double whammy for me when it comes to fertility. Um, so in let's see, it's 2020. In 2017, my husband and I decided that, you know, we were ready to start our family. Um, I was that crazy person that was like tracking everything on my phone. And, you know, I felt like we were on a time frame because I had been told um, after I had my uh, laparoscopic surgery for my endometriosis, um, you know, once you get off your birth control, you have six months to get pregnant. Um, so in my anxiety filled brain, I was like, okay, we, we're on a timeline. Let's, let's get going. Um, so in October of 2017, October 11th, 2017, to be exact, um, I woke up that morning. Um, I was late. And so I was like, I'm going to take a test. And, um, I had two pink lines. And I went to work that day and was super ecstatic, but I didn't tell anyone because I wanted to tell my husband first. Um, And I think he had an inkling uh, that I might have been pregnant. And so on the way home from work, he had called and he was like, how was your day? And I was just, you know, busting at the seams to tell him. And so I just blurted out, I'm pregnant. And, you know, we were really excited. So, um, I remember going home and he and I were cooking dinner and I was uh, standing at the stove. I don't remember what I was cooking. Um, And I just had this sharp pain and I doubled over and I was like, something's not right. Something, something's not right. And so um, I went to the bathroom uh, after, you know, a few more minutes of just extreme excruciating pain. Like I'd never felt before. Um, and realized that I was bleeding. Um, I texted my mom, who's who's a nurse, and I said, you know, this is what's going on. And she said, I, I, I'm pretty sure you're you're miscarrying. Um, and I couldn't have been more than six weeks along. Um, so I I went to work the next day. I remember crying crying myself to sleep that night. My poor husband didn't know how to console me. Um, but I went to work the next day because I just thought that's what you did. And, uh, powered through and I remember my coworkers, um, came up to me and they were like, what's, what's wrong? Your eyes are really puffy. What's, what's wrong? And I was like, it's allergies. And they all know me well enough to know I'm not a good liar. I do not have a poker face. And so they're like, no, really what happened? And I told them. And they, we all cried and, and they hugged me and 
one of my coworkers went on her lunch break to get me a bag of chocolate because she said, you know, chocolate always makes me feel better. So I thought it might help you. Um, I think I, I waited about a month before I told my in-laws. Um, and they were, they were upset. They were sad. Um, and I probably waited that long to tell my dad and stepmom too. Um, and then the day after I told my in-laws, um, and my husband was there with me, we found out that my brother and sister-in-law were expecting and it wasn't something that they had planned, but you know, they were nervous and excited and, um, I tried to be, uh, and I, I love my nephew now, but I was just heartbroken. Um, it was really hard, um, to, to be happy. And I know a lot of moms go through that. Um, for me, I was, I was mad at God for the longest time. I didn't understand, uh, you know, why. And in the field that I work in, I've seen parents that probably didn't need to have kids because I, I work with substance abuse clients. And I remember during that time, and I thought, really, God? <laughs> really? So I got really depressed. Um, and I hid it from, from everyone. I felt so alone in my loss. So fast forward to January of 2018. Um, you know, I, my husband and I had discussed, you know, starting to try again because after my loss, I was like, no, we'll just, we'll just wait. So, um, February 24th, I found out that I was pregnant again. Um, most people would be so happy and I was just filled with anxiety. Um, so we went to my first OB appointment. Um, it was a doctor that I had a lot of people recommend to me. I'd never seen her before. Um, and so we went in for my first appointment and, you know, they do a, a pregnancy test there. And I remember asking, was it positive? <laughs> and the nurse just laughed and she said, well, yes, that's why you're here. And I said, well, I just wanted to make sure because I've taken three or four at home and I just wanted to make sure. Um, at that so, point, did they know what you had experienced months prior? Not at that point yet. Um, I don't think I mentioned it to the nurse because that was just like, once they bring you back from the waiting room, um, they do your vitals and, and everything. So I, I don't think I'd mentioned it at that point. Um, I did fill it out on paperwork. Um, but I don't know if she had read over it yet. So, yeah, that was, it was kind of funny looking back now because she was just so confused as to why would she ask 
if she really was pregnant because she made this appointment. Um, so after I went and, you know, talked with her, they wanted to do an ultrasound. Um, and the ultrasound tech is in there and she's talking, didn't have a super great bedside manner. Maybe it was an off day for her. I don't know. Uh, and at this point, I thought I was probably around eight weeks pregnant based on my calculations. Um, and so she is doing the ultrasound and she looks at the screen and she's, you know, moving the little thing around. And she said, I think you're having a miscarriage. And it was like time stood still. And my husband looked at me and I said, no, 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 I'm pregnant. They just... They just gave me a test. I'm pregnant. And she said, well, I don't see anything. You're probably going to start bleeding soon. Are you sure you're not cramping? And I said, yes, I'm positive. And so I, I was so upset just thinking we're doing it again. Here we go again. Um, so they brought the doctor in and I was, you know, visually upset at this point in time. Um, and that's when I told her I'd had a previous miscarriage just a few months prior. Um, and she was like, well, you know, I, I don't think you're having a miscarriage. I want you to come back in a week. Maybe you're just not far along enough yet to, for it to be seen on the ultrasound. And that I felt like was the longest week of my entire life. Um, only myself and my husband and my mom knew um, about the pregnancy. And I was like, I don't want to tell anybody. I don't want to tell anybody because what if I lose it? You know, I don't want to, I don't want to get my hopes up again. Um, so we went back the next week and sure enough, there was, there was that little blip on the screen and a steady heartbeat. Um, but even from that point on, my, my anxiety didn't subside because I'd always heard, well, you know, once you get out of the first trimester, then, you know, your, your chances of, of losing the baby decrease. And I counted down the days. I had an app on my phone and I counted down the days till I was out of my first trimester. Um, and I felt like once I got into the second trimester of my pregnancy, I could breathe a little bit. Um, and everything was fine. Like I, I had a really healthy pregnancy um, up until I was 32 weeks and my goofy self fell in the middle of the night. Uh, got out of bed to go to our bathroom and tripped over one of our dogs. We have, we have three dogs in the house and fell between the bed and the wall and somehow blacked my own eye. I cracked my tailbone. I didn't know any of this at the time. I just thought I fell. Um, so that was on a Monday and on Friday, I was at lunch or I was at work, sorry. I was at work, um, had walked a few laps around my office and um, you know, nothing unusual. And I remember sitting in my office with some clients and I remember each specific client that was in there that day because I started having contractions. 
and I was timing them and they started out 15 minutes apart then it was 12 then it was 10 and so this went on for four hours I was having contractions and I finally let some of my coworkers know um, because again I, I try not to make a big deal out of anything and and I was like if I tell them they're going to take me to the hospital he's not ready to come out yet um, because in my brain I had a plan I had everything planned I told my boss when I got pregnant I said I'm gonna work until the day before I have him um, and then I'm gonna come back on January 2nd because I want to be off through the holidays and she laughed and said you can't plan that and I said no I can't don't worry I will um, which is funny because that's essentially how it happened but anywho uh, so I told my coworkers about the contractions I was having because I was in so much pain I, I was crying uh, they were four to five minutes apart and they did take me to the hospital or they took me to my OB uh, one of my coworkers called the office and and talked to the nurse and was like you know she needs to come in and thank God for this friend because she is a mama of two herself and so she had also dealt with you know anxiety throughout her pregnancy so she knew that mine was high at this point um, they didn't want to see me they thought I was just having Braxton Hicks contractions and she used her mom voice and said no we'll be up there in five minutes you'll see her um, so she drove me up there and uh, the doctor, I saw my doctor in the hallway. It was a Friday afternoon and she never came to check on me. So what? yeah, she didn't, I saw her in the hallway and she, she didn't come to check on me. And the nurse was like, well, this is your first pregnancy. It's Braxton Hicks. And I was like, it's not Braxton Hicks. I, I have those. That's, that's not it. I've been timing them. It's been happening for this amount of time. Um, so they reluctantly sent me up to uh, labor and delivery just to be monitored. At that point, my coworker made me call my husband because I had not told him yet. And uh, he made it from Morristown to Greenville in 20 minutes. Um, we're not gonna assume how fast he was going on the interstate, but so they monitored me. I was there for about five hours um, and they sent me home and I was still having contractions. They had slowed down to be about 10 minutes apart, 10 to 15 minutes apart. Um, and they had, you know, kind of prepared me. They're like, you know, you may go into labor this weekend. We can't guarantee that. So I was terrified because I was having a baby shower the next day. Um, and you can look back and see in the baby shower pictures that I was having contractions. Um, you can see it on my face. And I remember my mom sitting beside of me and was like, hurry with the presents. You look miserable. <laughs> She's so sweet. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I ended up being able to carry him. He came out at 40 weeks and one day, and I worked up until the day before I had him, like I said I would. Um, healthy baby labor was tough 
um, had an epidural. It didn't work. I was in labor for 23 hours. I pushed for two and a half hours and um, he got stuck. He did not want to come out in this world. They physically would have to push him back down because he kept backing up into my ribs. Um, so because he got stuck, he was born with um, a hematoma on his head. Um, so he had this big golf ball size knot on his head, fluid filled knot. Um, and I, I remember just crying to my husband and I'm like, this is my fault. You know, I, I should have done something different. I should have pushed harder. I, I should have done X, Y, and Z and, and he wouldn't have had this. And you know, what if, what if this doesn't go away? And you know, all the what ifs, um, thank God it eventually did. It took two months for it to go away. And I remember at my son's first pediatrician appointment, I was talking with his pediatrician who we just love. Um, and he was like, how was your labor, your delivery and all that. And I talked to him about it and he just looked at me and hugged me and he said, honey, that was a pretty traumatic labor. And that thought hadn't even crossed my mind. I didn't know. I didn't know it was traumatic. Um, I guess because one, I was so shell-shocked and two, lack of sleep, but I thought how sad that, you know, a pediatrician had to tell me that. Um, but so anyway, my, my son's head heals. He has a very not shaped head now. Uh, so I went back at my six week checkup with my OB, um, who by the way, this is another fun fact. Uh, told me the week before I was to have my son. Oh, by the way, I'm actually going to be out of town when you deliver. Um, so you have to have another OB. Oh, so that, yeah, yep. Um, which it worked out fine because the OB that saw me, um, when I was in the hospital having the other contractions is who delivered my son and she was fabulous. Um, so I went back to my six week appointment and I told my OB, I said, you know, I'm just feeling really, really bad anxiety. I, I've had anxiety for many years. This isn't my normal. And she said, no, it's, it's probably just, you know, baby blues or, or postpartum depression. And I said, no, it's anxiety. And again, I, I'm a, I'm a licensed counselor. I, I diagnose people with depression and anxiety and all sorts of things. That's, that's part of my job description. So I knew what I was looking at and I didn't feel heard. Um, which for me, I mean, just led me to feel more anxious and I think uh, made me feel depressed because again, I, I felt so alone in that moment, even though I had, my husband, I had my family, I had my friends and coworkers that were supportive. I still felt alone. And I thought, well, you know, this just, this isn't normal. So I'm just not going to talk about it because, you know, I tried to talk about it and got shut down. Um, 
so once I went back to work, I was lucky enough to take a, a three-month maternity leave, which was fabulous. Um, I talked to my boss about how I was feeling, and she said, yeah, you know, that's, that's definitely something scary. And she shared her experience with, um, with postpartum issues. And, and I told her, I said, you need to find me a training. Um, and she said, what? And I said, you need to find me a training because if, if I can't find help and I know what I'm dealing with, but no one hears me, Who's to say that other people, other mamas that are dealing with the same thing that might not have the knowledge that I do, how are they going to get help? And so I um, proceeded to nag my boss for months until they found me a training. Um, and that's actually the, the training where I met you. Um, it was the PSR training. And I remember hearing your story. I don't think there was a dry room in the house once you shared your story, but I remember thinking, wow, I'm not alone. Um, and that was so important for me at the time to realize I, I wasn't alone. Um, and even though it wasn't quote unquote normal to have those things, um, to have the thoughts that I was having and the, the emotions that I was having, it made sense. There was a reason. Um, so for me, that's, it was like a light bulb went off and it was like, okay, this is, this is my cup of tea. This is where I need to be. This is the population I need to work with. Um, and so now I do long story short, that's, that's where I'm at. And I've been to multiple trainings on perinatal mental health um, prior to COVID-19, um, I'd started a treatment group slash support group for the moms um, in Greenville where I work. Um, and it's still going, we're just doing things virtually right now. Um, and I have a lot of mom clients, pregnant mamas and clients with little babies that I get to snuggle on. Um, and you know, I, when I hear their stories and, and as a therapist, for me, it's such a privilege to get to hear these people's stories. Um, you know, because a lot of times people that come into therapy are so apprehensive. They've never shared their stories before. Um, they've never shared those dark, scary thoughts. Um, there's a fear of judgment and of being put in the, put inpatient. And I get that question a lot. You're not going to send me somewhere, are you? No, not, not today, I don't think. Um, so for me, I, I love getting to hear people's stories. And, and even though I went through something that was traumatizing for me, I use that as motivation to help people because I know what it's like to feel those things um, and to feel alone. Um, and so I, I share that knowledge and, and whatever else I can with the moms that I serve. So I love my job. We are so grateful for uh, not only you to serve in the capacity that you do and to be there for the moms in our community, but to be vulnerable enough to share your own journey, 
because it it's traumatic to share and to go back to that place mm-hmm. where you were um, and one thing that sticks out to me is you know going to that training and being seen heard and feeling not alone for the very first time as a mm-hmm. therapist mm-hmm. as a therapist yeah it's just not okay <laughs> it's not okay no and no it's it's not and you had so many risk factors mm-hmm. that and that's one thing that i harp on all the time is all these risk factors through pcos a previous miscarriage diagnosed anxiety and all these things to and you literally sat there and said i i think i have anxiety i'm struggling and you were automatically shut down mm-hmm. um and of course this was a before the movement that we've started in this region um hopefully that wouldn't be the case now i don't really know um but still uh there's there's so much that women especially in the perinatal period they're so vulnerable and they're not heard mm-hmm. when they go follow up and even if they're not heard there's not proper procedures in place to um for them not to even have to say anything because you you were educated you you knew what you were experiencing exactly um, and uh, there's so there's that doesn't happen very often no it it doesn't and you know for me um i think even even more so why october is an important month for me um and i've shared this with you before but my miscarriage was october 17th or october 11th of 2017 and my son's birthday is October 11th, 2018. Um, so that's a bittersweet day. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I am such an advocate for the therapists in our area and the nurse practitioners and the OBGYNs in our area to be educated on this topic because it's not going away um there are moms that have babies every day that struggle with the same things that i did and i know that they feel alone because i i wind up getting them in my office and you know i i can't count on my hands how many times i've had moms tell me you know i was so afraid to come in here you know i didn't know what this would look like but I knew I had to do something, you know, I'm having these bad thoughts at night. I'm not sharing with my spouse what I'm thinking or my partner. Um, I just feel anxious all the time. I'm having horrible mood swings. I'm having all these compulsions and I'm like, I understand, you know, and sometimes that's, that's all a person needs is to feel heard and to feel validated and to feel understood. Um, exactly. Yeah, and, and I didn't get that. And like I said, I, I had fabulous support, fabulous support, but where I needed it, I wasn't getting it, where I needed the support. 
Um, so that's that's why I am such a huge advocate for this and and working in the community because it's needed, absolutely needed. Yeah, and I think that's you know one of the things that we push for is having specialists and trained providers and um, so that we know that they've been through this certain training um, mm -hmm. and have this knowledge um, to be able to say, I hear you, let's do something about this. Um, or even with screening, um, there's only so much you can do with screening. Um, mm -hmm. is my personal thought. Screening is only great um, if you do proper steps following up with it. Um, and so there's so much, so much in the field of maternal mental health that needs to be done. Um, and we even have moms that come through support group. I was talking to a nurse practitioner this morning about you know, moms that come to our support groups not wanting either medication or to go to therapy. Sometimes all they need is that support, but other Absolutely. times maybe they need something more and they're so apprehensive or scared or um, what have you to utilize another resource. And mm -hmm. when they show up amongst a safe space and see the progress other moms make, um, with another regimen, mm -hmm. they feel okay to do that too. We've had so many moms do that. So many moms. Um, yeah. I wish I had a percentage, but, um, and that's the importance of having all these resources, especially specialized resources, um, in the region and you're one of them and we appreciate that and not only that like I said earlier but you being vulnerable to share um, I don't know if it's the first time you've shared your story in this way it um, is <laughs> I thought it might be it um, is yep but and it's also great to you know scary and wonderful to be able to put that out there um, even though it may be scary, uh, but to put that out there, because you're, you're, you are a therapist and you're specialized in this field, but you're, you have your own experience and journey too. And that, mm -hmm. that makes you so relatable to the people you serve. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is the first time that I've shared my story on this kind of platform. Um, and, you know, to be honest, I was super, super anxious about sharing my story because I, I had all these thoughts creep again. And again, it's, it's my anxiety and I know it, but I thought, well, I don't need to share my story. There are so many other people that have better stories, um, you know, that might've gone through something more terrible than, than what I went through. Um, you know, trying to justify why my story wasn't important. Um, and I had talked to my husband, husband about it uh, after you and I had a conversation about being on the podcast. And he said, it's time. It's time you share your story. It, you know, you can't expect to help others if you're not willing to be vulnerable yourself. 
Um, and I hate when my husband's right. Uh, <laughs> don't we all? Don't we all, <laughs> right? And so I said, okay, okay, I'll do it. And he said, you've got to have confidence in yourself. Your story matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, I think that's another part of why I'm such an advocate because how many times have we as mothers put ourselves on the back burner um, and, you know, taking care of others. And one thing I harp on my clients about all the time is you can't pour from an empty cup. You have to take care of yourself or you're not going to be able to take care of others. Uh, and I don't practice what I preach all the time. Um, I'm trying to be better about it. (laughs) Trying real hard. (laughs) It's hard. It's It's hard. But I will say, going back, you know, to stories, uh, and that this is what I try to tell people because I hear it quite often because my I have a unique story and mm-hmm. it's it's traumatic. But every story is unique and traumatic to each individual person that experiences it. Mm-hmm. You can't put one story to another. Um, yeah, and so every story matters. Every story is impactful, um, and stories, you can't compare apples to apples when we're talking about story sharing. Um, no. Every story is unique to the person that experiences it, and um, we're only um, keeping stories to ourselves when we're not sharing them and uh, not seeing the impact they can truly make when we're keeping them to ourselves. Um, Absolutely. So we appreciate that you so much for being vulnerable enough to share. And um, I do want to share something that I found on uh, Walker, Dr. Walker Ladd's uh, Instagram page. Uh, if, no, if nobody follows her, shout out to her. She posted this yesterday or the day before, but the four stages of transformation through postpartum depression, or you can either change that through postpartum depression, anxiety, OCD, even loss. Um, Before I was unprepared, during I was shattered, after I am different and beyond I found purpose. Um, And I, I, it spoke to me because those are very definite stages. Um, and I think you and I are in the I Found Purpose stage where we're making changes and in the community um, doing boots on the ground work. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just challenge anyone listening to, you know, use your stories, uh, find, find people that have the stories to create the change. Um, and again, we're so appreciative for you uh, doing this work, serving on our board. Um, and sharing, definitely, most importantly, sharing your story and being vulnerable enough to do it. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad that you asked me to, to bring me out of my comfort zone. And Of yeah. course. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening today. Um, we will put any contact information or needs in the show notes, and we will see you next time.